there was a lot of life lessons of like letting go of your ego, which was one of the biggest things is like, don't let your ego get in the way of your blessing. And so I had to remove that and just go for it and allow myself to go through the process. And I am so freaking glad I did. You're listening to the Meta Business Innovation and Technology Podcast. Conversations with industry leaders on new trends and products that can grow your business. Today, we bring you the third and final episodes featuring special guests of Fireside Conversations from a Meta event held on March 1st, celebrating International Women's Month. If you haven't heard of our first Fireside Chat yet, be sure to give that a listen after this episode. Today's conversation is hosted by Nicola Mendelssohn, the VP for the Global Business Group here at Meta. She sits down with award-winning actor and co-founder of Black Women on Broadway, Danielle Brooks, best known for her role on the hit series Orange is the New Black, on HBO Max's show Peacemaker, and her role on the musical film adaptation The Color Purple, starring as Sophia. So let's start with one of your recent projects. You've just wrapped up this role on Broadway, opposite Samuel L. Jackson. Uh I know. And this actually is a full kind of circle moment for you because you actually auditioned for Juilliard with a monologue from the same play. What on earth does that feel like? Yeah, my life has kind of been a lot of full circle moments with Color Purple, now with Piano Lesson. And to explain more in detail about that, it was kind of a mind-blowing moment for me to get the call from Latanya L. Jackson to say, hey, would you play Bernice in the piano lesson? Because like you mentioned earlier, I'm a girl from South Carolina. Okay, so I'm not what's the babies now? The nepo babies. That's not my journey. Okay, (laughs) And so on my way, you know, to trying to be an actress, I used the monologue from the piano lesson of the character Bernice at 17 years old to get into Juilliard. And at the time, my grandmother had just passed away. My godmother had just passed away. And the story is about, you know, family and history and legacy and remembering those that came before you. And so the monologue meant a lot to me. And not only that, I ended up getting into Juilliard and that was a whole journey in itself. So picture me three years ago, pregnant, eight months pregnant, and I get a phone call from Sam Jackson's wife saying, hey, you want to play with us? I was like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) So, yeah, a lot of full circle moments that just remind me to trust the process of life. Now, one of the things when I was reading up about you, and it's really impressive, is this breadth of the different types of roles that you have played. Thank you. How on earth have you been able to cultivate such a diverse career? Trust the process of life. (laughs) especially because of what I do. When you are the actor, you don't have as much agency to make what you want happen. The only thing that you can control is yourself. Sometimes you're not the right puzzle piece for that puzzle. And it stings and it hurts (laughs) because it's so much rejection that you come across. So all of my career, I've had to let life go as it may, because I can't control it. And all I can do is control the work that I do, control the being that I am, which I do think a lot of who you are and how you move in the world does help, and to surrender, which is a part of my whole life has been about 
surrendering and letting go. I talk a lot internally here about control what you can control. Mm -hmm. Things can sometimes feel quite overwhelming. But I want to go back to your roles. And I want to know, because I think everybody wants to, like, what part of you do you bring to each of those roles? And then does anything that you then take away from doing the roles, does it change you in any way? I think every part of my being I put into what I do, and not only of my being, but specifically for doing the piano lesson, because it was based in the 1930s, and it's a woman who is fighting for the piano, this family heirloom that means a lot. There's a lot of history in that family heirloom. And what I had to do was not only take, on, take all of me, but I had to take on my ancestors. I had to carry them with me to tell this story. And that's been the same with Color Purple playing Sophia. It's been my journey and all of the life experiences that I've had, but it's also carrying the weight of every Black woman that has been a Sophia, you know, or has felt like she has. So I always do that. And then, yes, the characters give me a lot, too. There's been characters that I've played, like Shakespeare in the Park, when I was able to do that role. I realized, oh, I'm a leading lady. Of course I can play the lead, you know, when I played Beatrice and a part that's mostly meant for white women. And getting to do Peacemaker, that showed me the capability of just that my life can be limitless. You know, I'm a plus-size woman. I'm in the 200-plus club, y'all. And I can move, okay? Like, I can, I have agility. Like, I can be right up there with John Cena running around and jumping on stuff and getting harnessed into stuff. So, yeah, I learn a lot about myself through my characters. They give me a lot. And I also give a lot of myself to them as well. So um, let's pick up on Peacemaker because I'm a total superhero fan. My whole family is. (laughs) And I heard that the role was literally created for you with you in mind. And what is it? I've just got to know. What is it like being a superhero? It's amazing. I I think you give me a lot of credit here. Superhero, I don't know if I can say I'm a superhero because I'm not like Batman out here, like Wonder Woman, you know? But, and I don't have a superpower, but no, it's really cool to play this character. Cause again, I get to just like break this box that women that look like me have been placed in for so long. And that's exciting to me. And there's been so many women who've done that for me, like Viola Davis, like Queen Latifah, you know, the list, Countess Vaughn, who I still love, they have such a huge impact in what they've done and been able to do for me that I hope that I'm doing the same thing for the next generation. So I think that's the biggest gift that being in Peacemaker has given me. And it is, it's so much fun. Like, like when, with John Cena, he's done so much of this stuff. He's just like smoking. He doesn't smoke, but like, if he was a smoke, he'd be like, this is easy, you know. But for me, I'm like, oh, my gosh, let's do it again. Got two guns in my hand. You know, it's fun. It's fun. So I'm ready for season two whenever that We're will be. We're all ready for season two. <laughs> we are all ready. Now, you mentioned, and I want to talk about one of your, the really big upcoming project, the musical adaption of The Color Purple. You're playing Sophia, originally paid by Oprah. What does that role mean to you? Oh, man, that moment alone, that was the day or two days or so after my birthday. And it was a process that took over eight plus months of auditioning for. 
And I had done the Broadway revival of playing Sophia, which I had done for a year, was garnered a Tony nomination, won a Grammy for, and here we are five years later, and they're like, you still have to audition. And I'm like, what do you mean? There was a lot of life lessons of like letting go of your ego, which was one of the biggest things is like, don't let your ego get in the way of your blessing. And so I had to remove that and just go for it and allow myself to go through the process. And I am so freaking glad I did because we just finished. We just wrapped a few weeks ago doing reshoots. And it was one of the best experiences of my life. I think it's the thing that I'm most proud of for my career this far. And I've been doing this for 10 years. And so I'm just overwhelmed by all of it. It's a huge deal for the community. So I'm excited for those who have such an attachment to this story, to see this adaptation. And then I'm also excited for this generation of people who have never seen The Color Purple and get to see it with new eyes. That's really amazing because it was, the character was originally Oprah. So it's like, just one of those aha moments that she says. So it's, it's been, it was really beautiful. I literally can't wait to see it. Yeah. Now, go back to Broadway, because you co-founded a movement called Black Women on Broadway to celebrate and encourage and support and to get more women, more Black women into theatre. What inspired you to do this? And what are your hopes for it going forwards? Yes, I'm co-founder with two other women that are in this industry. And one of the biggest inspirations for me was Essence Black Women in Hollywood. It's an event that's put on every year by Black women to celebrate four or five women in the industry that are coming from TV and film. And sometimes they do producers as well and, you know, uh, writers, co-creators, whatever that might be. But what I realized, there wasn't a space for Broadway people, Black women on Broadway. And so we put this together and we are doing workshops. We have an event every year, a soiree, where we celebrate three women in the industry. And so we just, it's a place that reminds us that we can put us first. We don't have to wait for anybody to do that. So we raise all the funds ourselves, the three of us. And thank you to Meta for also contributing this year to that. But yeah, it's for that and as well as mentoring young women and letting them realize that you don't just have to be an actor. You can be a stagehand, stage manager. You can be anything, writer, producer, costume, costume makeup. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So it's just also to remind there's different positions in there in this industry that need to be filled and can be filled by women, black women. Let's talk about you a little bit more. Because it's also been a busy time on the personal side in the last few years. You got married. Yeah. <laughs> you had a baby. Yes. How's being a mom influencing how you're thinking about things now? I love being a mom. It was unexpected, unexpected at the same time. Like I wanted, <laughs> I didn't want a kid and then I did want a kid. And I'm so glad that I had her. She's beautiful. And we named her Freya because we want her to always remember in life that she is free as she wants to be. But it's changed a lot, you know, and I had her during the pandemic and I got married right at the end of 
I don't know if we can say the pandemic's over, but I guess we can. We sit in a room with no mask on, so I guess we can. <laughs> <laughs> That's our new definition, then. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I got married at the end of the pandemic. You know, all of us know that that journey was a whole thing in itself of, like, self-discovery and, like, what you like and what you don't like and all the things. And it just reminded me on what's important, especially when you do have a baby and you get married during the pandemic, like, Family first. Family's the focus now when Mm -hmm. previously it was always my career. I was always myself. But now it just raises the stakes and it reminds me like to be very selective on the things that I want to do because it does take away time from what matters the most to me and what fills me back up after eight shows a week, three hour show, whatever that might be, you know. Or 16 hours to in doing a TV or film, coming back to families, what really matters. So is that how you're, with everything going on, how you're grounding yourself and so, how you're staying, I guess, healthy and happy? For sure. I think, look, there's, family is that, but family can be hard too. <laughs> like, it's not like, you know, you go home and uh, everything is, hoo-ah, great. Like, life is life. I think that's the thing about being a human being is, this is all our first times being human beings and we're not always going to get it right. We're not always going to understand how to center ourselves and ground ourselves. But all you can do is continue to try and to continue to remember that if you do have breath in your body, you do still have purpose here. And that's what keeps me going every day is, you know, I'm here. And I have something to give. I have something to do. And it's not going to be easy. I'm not always going to get my way, but I have to fulfill that thing. And sometimes it is my family. It is my Freya. It is my husband that reminds me of that, the reason to keep going. But sometimes, like, I do, a lot of the times I have to, like, I have to find that joy and happiness and centeredness and peace within myself. So... It's a lot of reflection, you know. It's March 1. It's the beginning of Women's History Month. Turn up. Yep. Black History Month was last month. Turn up again. <laughs> do I have to do that too? You then? can. Yeah, okay. not? <laughs> Turn up. I'm getting in with this. It's a time to think about the women that have gone before, the ones that have influenced, the ones that have inspired. Who are yours? Who's your list? In the industry. Whatever works for you. In life. Industry, life. Tell us all of them. I would, in the industry, hands down, Viola Davis. I mean, the things that she's been able to accomplish. She also went to Juilliard, so I think that's just really cool. And I just appreciate the way she moves within the industry. She's very honest. And it seems that she doesn't settle. And if she has had to, she speaks on it so that the next generation of women coming under her can understand how to move. And I just really appreciate that about her. I mentioned Queen Latifah earlier. I just, I have to give credit to her too, because first of all, she started in music and crossing over just the mogul that she has become. But for me as a young girl, seeing her take on roles of the love interest Mm. was really cool because I had just never seen a plus size woman be able to do that. 
So I just give her a lot of credit for kind of opening these boxes and making them wider, especially now she's on Equalizer and not a lot of black women get to be badasses like that either. So I admire those two in the industry. As far as outside, I got to give kudos to my mom, <laughs> like, because without her, I would not be the woman I am. And every part of our relationship was not always positive, but something positive came out of it. And so I just appreciate how she put her kids first, the way my mom loved on us, which was a little overbearing, a lot of overbearing, <laughs> but that was love and protection. And yeah, that's, I just, she's also good at admitting when she's wrong. And I don't know if all parents can do mm. that. Like saying, I made some mistakes. I was just, like, again, we're like, we're all doing this for the first time and I'm her first child. So I'm very grateful for her taking the time to say, I'm sorry. And it gives me agency to be open to do that when I might not always make the right choices. Such simple words and can have such big impact on people. I think it's a really, really good lesson for all of us. Now, I've heard you talk about the importance of helping other women to rise, especially as you rise. And as you look out in the room, we've got an incredible room full of extraordinary women and great allies as well. Any words of advice or any asks that you've got in yeah, the room? I do. Let's support each other. Let's love on each other, understand that there is room for all of us, you know, and to help each other rise. So I say that I'm trying not to get emotional, but the thing is, like, a lot of my career, I felt like the underdog. I felt second best a lot of times. And I've always told myself because of the training that my parents have given me, there's space for you, too. That doesn't mean that you don't have anything on your plate. You do have something, too. And you giving your love and yourself and your resources to other people does not take anything away from you. It enhances you. It will come back to you. And so if there's anything that I would leave, it would be that, is to love on each other and people that are winning, if you see them winning, tell them, <laughs> like, tell them, celebrate each other. And it's that little thing, like you were saying, those simple words, those things that we were taught when we were in elementary of treat others the way you want to be treated. That shit goes along. Shit is a good thing. A long way. <laughs> it goes a long way. So that's what I would say. Thank you for sharing that. Told you we were going to learn stuff today, right? Just, oh, we're still going. Oh, yeah, okay. We've got a quick fire round. We okay. have a tradition that matter. Okay. Don't overthink this. Just say what comes into your head. Okay. Slightly worried now. Okay. TV, film, or Broadway? Ooh, TV, film. Now, that's two answers. Oh, but there's not one. Give me one. That's cheating. TV. TV. Chocolate or wine? I like both of them. Uh, but you like, didn't say dark chocolate, so I'll go with wine. But if I'd have said dark oh, chocolate. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay. Yeah, I like it too with a bit of orange. Orange or purple? Orange, purple? Is there a word for orange, oh. purple? Can I say both? You can't say both for all three of these things that I've done. No, I can say both. Orange and purple. Orange and purple. Invisibility or super strength? 
Super strength. Okay. Wedding day or honeymoon? Wedding day. Wedding day. It was so great. <laughs> and you look gorgeous. Fabulous Thank pictures. You. One for your daughter, Freya. Peppa Pig or Bluey? Neither one. Get him out of my house. (laughs) 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 Neither. We hope you enjoyed the third and final fireside chat celebrating International Women's Month. We'd like to thank Nicola for hosting this conversation and to Daniel Brooks for sharing her time and insights with us. You can find links to any resources mentioned in today's show notes. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a five-star review. Thank you for listening to the Meta Business Innovation and Technology Podcast.